I think as a coordinator or as a defense, you want to put everybody in the right place, give them a chance to make a play, and build on that. Stop the things you're supposed to stop. And the players got to understand, you know, if you got a post safety and they throw a post, that's not a very good thing. So you build a foundation there of stopping the things you're supposed to stop. The players start believing into it. They understand where everybody fits. If you can do that, you can be a pretty good defense. On today's episode, we go to our archives from five years ago with longtime college and NFL defensive coordinator Bob Trott, who at the time had just been named the Football Scoop Coordinator of the Year in the FCS, and he coordinated the top defense in the nation. He talked about his influences and mentorship of legendary coaches like Bill Parcells, Al Groh, Ken Hatfield, Bill Dooley, and Fred Goldsmith. He shared his philosophy behind building a defense and a strong culture and his approach to consistency on defense while dealing with offensive trends. This is an episode with a lot of takeaways for every coach, not just defensive coordinators. We'll share those top takeaways after the interview. What you see on tape is a direct reflection of what you teach and how you teach. Video is important, but if you don't teach well, you're not going to like what you see on your video. First Down Playbook has been helping coaches teach better for 13 years. It allows you to present installs, playbooks, and practice cards in half the time with NFL quality. Coaching tools like video pairing, a player app, practice schedules, and wristband sheets have made First Down Playbook a program management system with everything in one place. If you're in a position of leadership with your football program, receive a free one-week look at First Down Playbook. Call them at 512 512- 814-6158 or visit them on their website or social media. Mention Coach and Coordinator Podcast or use the coupon code COACH24 to receive a $100 discount off the normal $700 First Down Playbook team membership price. Links and the phone number are in the show notes. We continue our discussion with NCAA leaders, and I'm very excited to have with me today defensive coordinator at James Madison University, Bob Trott. Coach Trott, it's great to have you here today. Well, it's good to be here. I always love to talk football. So, Coach, you've had a a career now that's spanned uh, about four decades. You've you've been in the NFL. Specifically, I have to point out that you were a, a Cleveland Brown at one time. That's that's my favorite team, my uh, hometown team being from Cleveland, Ohio. But uh, you've just had a, an incredible career all over college football, the NFL. And currently, in, in your stop at James Madison University, you've been able to garner the honor of Football Scoops FCS Coordinator of the Year for 2017, leading one of the nation's top-ranked defenses. You guys are number one in scoring defense at 11.1 points per game. Number one in interceptions with 31. Number one in pass defense efficiency. You were third in total D at 252 a game. Third in defensive touchdowns, five. So you guys are scoring on defense as well. Fifth in sacks, seventh in rush D, eighth in fumble recoveries, tenth in third down D, and 14th in red zone D. So you guys have a a long list of accomplishments there. And uh, as a team, as a program, you guys are 28 and two over the last two seasons. So you guys are, are really excelling on the football field in all phases of the game. But specifically, you guys did a great job in 2017 on defense. Well, we've been very lucky. James Madison allowed Coach Houston to hire some a really good defensive staff, and uh, we came in, and, and uh, the players bought into what we were doing, and. Uh, 
just got better each week and and uh so we were fortunate in that respect we got really good players and good kids and and a really good coaching staff and you get in a in a school that supports you a head coach that doesn't hurt that he's a defensive coach so uh, there are a lot of factors there that you know as a coach it just everything fit right in place coach you've had some great stops along the way in your career um like i said spanning both the NFL and college football. But before we get into everything that's brought to the point you're at today, thinking back to the beginning for you, what was it that really made you want to be a football coach and to do this with your life? I played at North Carolina. I was a walk-on. I had an academic scholarship. I got a degree in business. And and uh, it was funny. I'd sit in class and manage and talk about management, and I'd relate everything to coaching and, you know, the coaches I knew and the teams I'd been on. And Coach Dooley gave me a chance to be a graduate assistant at North Carolina and just never looked back. I was fortunate enough to hook up with a guy named Bill Parcells at Air Force, yep. basically do through Al Grow. So that was my first job, and he was a pretty good one that first year to learn from. Yeah, absolutely. You've definitely had some of those guys that you've been able to work with through your career. Coach, when, when you look at, you know, thinking back to your time as a young coach and you look at today's young coach, what differences do you see and both, uh, you know, their approach to the game, but also how they're learning the game now. I think sometimes they, they don't realize the sacrifice that it takes. And, you know, there's so much money in today's world. You know, when I got into it, you you really never dreamed of the money that they're paying today. Mm-hmm. You know, a young coach needs to learn that it, that's a rare group that gets that kind of money. You don't coach for the money. You coach for the love of the game. And people don't realize a coach we wear a lot of different hats. That's what makes our job. You know, that's what most coaches I know just love to go to work. You're a strategist, you're a counselor. Sometimes you're a prison guard, you know, you're a salesman. We wear a lot of different hats and it keeps your job pretty interesting. And it takes a lot of work and sacrifice. And I'm lucky enough to have a great family that's supported what I've done, and but their sacrifices on their part for a young coach today, if they love the game, and they work really hard. I think the one advice is just just work hard. Don't worry about where you're going to be your next job. I, I, I've seen guys over my career that all they worry about is their next job. Just work hard where you are right now. That usually takes care of itself. If you do a good job, you'll get noticed. Coach, when I think of that and all the hats that we wear as coaches, it is a profession that requires both a depth and a width of training to think about all the things we need to do if I just look at this bookshelf behind me here I mean you certainly would be able to tell that I'm a football coach with a lot of the the coaching books I have here but then there's all kinds of leadership books business books psychology books just books uh, on, on military strategy books on strength and conditioning I'm looking here it's like it's a hodgepodge of everything that we aren't just learning the X's and O's of the game. There's so much more that goes into it. Talk to me a little bit about all the things and how those developed over the course of your career or some of those key lessons for you. Starting out as a young coach, being around Coach Dooley, who was my coach in college. and When I became a GA, my whole attitude about coaching changed because I saw, you know, I only knew Coach Dooley as a player, and then when I got on the other side of it, I really learned to respect what he did. You know, he took all the blame for us. And I saw that all the sacrifices he made for us, that was a deep impact on my life. And then being fortunate enough to have head coaches like Bill Parcells and Ken Hatfield and uh, 
Fred Goldsmith. You know, when you work for people like that, and they push you and, and you're able to have success. You know, I was at Air Force when we weren't very good and we started winning and I saw what athletics and a winning team can do for a school, even at a military school. And it changed the whole complexion and the attitude of every cadet. Right or wrong, that's what athletics can do. And I think in education, schools that have smart administrators, whether they understand it or not, if you have a winning football team or basketball team, the whole attitude of your school's better, and, and, and I've seen it from that respect. But I, I think over the years, you, you just work with really good people, and, and you learn the, you know what works. And, and then part of it, you see what doesn't work, mm-hmm. you know, and you learn from there. I think we all do that. You know, I don't want to be like that. I don't like that. You know, I, 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 don't, I don't want to do it, do it that way. So you, over the years, you, you sort of develop what you think works and stay away from what you think doesn't work. In our jobs as football coaches, we certainly work together with a head coach to develop that culture and build upon that culture. But each of us within our different units as a coordinator, as a position coach, you develop kind of this mini culture that's building off of it within your units, right? So thinking of that in that respect, what's the culture or the the defining things that, you know, when we look at your defense, we're seeing that's something that the coaches are really working on, that the team's really working on. I think one thing that we try to create here is that Every coach I've ever worked with says, you know, we're all in this together. But I think you have to live it and walk it every day. You know, just an example, when when you start talking to your team and say, you know, you guys got called out or you, know, you guys got beat, that players aren't stupid. You know, that we part goes right out the window. Mm-hmm. And we try really hard here that I've told my players, if I ever say I or you, just kick me in the ass. I try to walk that every day that, this is a we. We lost the game or we did this, and I think the players appreciate it. We start every day when we break up from the whole team meeting with a defensive team meeting, and I think I've always felt that was important, that we always start as a team. You know, it might be a one-minute meeting. It might be a 15-minute meeting, but we always start as a team. We like to always start practice after stretching with a defensive team drill just to emphasize that it is a team game. It's not an individual game. I think it's important when you create that culture that the players learn to trust you. And when you say it's a we thing, that you do have to talk that way, believe it. And, and you know, kids can tell the difference. Absolutely. And and I think I think uh, once you develop that and, and there's a trust there and, you know, we have our team meetings. If I screw up, I take accountability of it. I expect them to. I'll stand guys up and make them talk about what they have to do. We try to make everybody accountable. We're a family, you know, and and we have the same goal, and that's what we're trying to create. So I think we stress even more the the defensive team part of it and, and, and try to do everything we can to make that a reality. As coaches, we know that some of the biggest hurdles to our team's success can come from off the field. Your team needs support to tackle the endless list of expenses, uniforms, training equipment, travel, and more. But raising that money can feel like a full-time job. Thankfully, there's Vertical Raise. Vertical Raise is the premier online fundraising platform using innovative technology to create the easiest and most efficient system available. Raise more money in less time 
with a local fundraising coach who works with your team every step of the way to customize the ideal fundraiser. With options for online donations, digital discount cards, premium product sales, and even spirit shops, Vertical Rays has top-of-the-line solutions for every fundraising style. To find out more, visit verticalrays.com and we'll get you connected with an exclusive offer on your first fundraiser. I've always been interested in the use of technology to make our jobs more effective, so I'm excited to continue sharing modern football technology with you here on the podcast. This innovative system leverages tendencies to improve self-scouting, game planning, and in-game decision-making at the speed of the game. Modern football stands out because it's a battle-tested platform used by teams at all levels, like four-time national champion Bishop Gorman, the five-time California state champion Folsom Bulldogs, six-time Texas state champion Lake Travis, Cal football, and the CFL's Grey Cup champions, the Montreal Alouettes. So book a demo today to see why these teams trust modern football technology. Visit www dot team m-o-f-o dot com slash demo and mention coach and coordinator podcast or use the coupon code cc10 to receive 10 percent off your first year coach obviously there's a lot of coaches out there who understand key metrics that they need to look at understand key things that they they want to try to accomplish on defense they go out and they're going to do certain things in practice because they think those things are going to make them better in certain areas and they still don't accomplish that you know what is it that you guys do and for you that you've learned that that really makes the translation from here's what we're teaching you here's the drills that work it apply it in the game to the best of your ability how do you link all that together well, we do a couple things. We try to be pretty simple on what we do. You know, we talk to the players about, you know, what your job is. We talk in terms of, you know, your mission in life is this. You know, if you're the edge player, your mission is to hold the edge. And, you know, a lot of it I've learned over the years, you know, Coach Parcells used to talk about wall and edge. That's how you stop a run. You build a wall and you set an edge. And we talk about that constantly and and point it out in practice and, if you do those fundamental things and there's certain core things that we do fundamentally and we do it over and over and over again. I think the kids start realizing, you know, wow, this is, this works. We're fundamentally sound and we tackle good. I was fortunate enough that the last two years, Al Grove, who I've worked with a number of times and it's been instrumental in my career, did the uh, championship game on Westwood radio. So, you know, after the game, he, he, I asked him, what do you think? And, you know, he said, you're, you're sound and you're, you know, you're fundamentally sound. You guys are in the right place. And uh, I think as a coordinator, as a defense, you want to put everybody in the right place, give them a chance to make a play and build on that. Stop the things you're supposed to stop. And the players got to understand, you know, if you got a post safety and they throw a post, that's not a very good thing. So you build a foundation there of stopping the things you're supposed to stop. The players start believing into it. They understand where everybody fits. If you can do that, you can be a pretty good defense. Then you then you throw in the mixture of some players. You know, you, <laughs> if you got some good players, they always rise above coaching. So you look at Lawrence Taylor on paper; they always had him blocked. But yeah. the reality is, they don't have him blocked. Right. But you got to put players in fundamentally sound places. They're, if they're an alley player, get them in the alley. If they're an edge player, get them the. Uh, you know, if you're playing high low. If you're playing zone, if you're playing man, 
give them the basic fundamentals, practice it all the time, uh, give yourself a chance, stop the things you're supposed to stop. When you look at modern offenses today, certainly it seems to kind of have a flavor of the month feel to it, and everybody is looking for the, the next scheme and whatever, and I know everybody's system is starting to look the same. The RPO is becoming a big part of it. You know, what is, is the key to success on defense when these other things, these new things that, uh, you know, I don't know if they're going to stick around and, or they're going to be just like everything else in football that everybody finds a way to stop them and we move on to something else. But what's the key, you know, over the long haul to just being a sound defense and having things that are, are going to work um, year in and year out? Well, there's certain things that change. You got to be able to stop the run game, and you know, even with spread football teams, you've got to take away it, the run game. And you know, I think teams are playing more man and man free than they have before in a while. It sort of goes in cycles, but right. you know, I think the RPO game and stuff has has brought back a lot of man free. But then you still have to be sound to stop the zone read and stuff. So I think over the years, the zone read package and and the RPO package has brought back a lot more man and man free. And and then, you know, we spend a lot of time on disguise. You know, most every year when they make new rules, it's it's always for the offense. Mm-hmm. I've been doing this a long time. It's never changed. And <laughs> I got tired of arguing, worrying about it. Uh, they're going to make the rules, you know. I've, I've always been mystified about some of the rules. You know, I just watched tape. The guy hurdled somebody. For years and years, that was unsafe. Now it's safe. I don't get it, you know, but you, you know, back to your question, you just, with the new stuff, you, you just sort of adapt a little bit. And, and if you got to play more man free or man to stop some of the stuff, you got to do it. But the, the bottom line is you still have to stop the run. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing that coach Parcells and coach Cornell, we talked about in the NFL, which has carried over to my thinking, you got to play complimentary games. There's a formula. You know, Bill Parcells had a formula how to win, you know, play great defense, good ball control offense, and great special teams in all three phases. I remember sometimes we'd come in and, you know, all three phases are going to have to win this game. And uh, and I think that's what we've developed here. Every game has been a great special team play for us. But the way it works, that every team I've been on, you know, your defense is also all the special team players. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you build that complementary game thought process where all three phases has to win, you know, we, we understand on defense what a field position does, what getting turnovers does to help the offense, the value of the special teams as far as ball control and, and uh, field position. So all those fundamentals is in, in defense, field position, and stop the run, and don't give up big passes, that hasn't changed. Coach, I feel like one thing that I've seen change as offenses get more and more into the up-tempo, and also as we kind of live in this society that everybody wants to have their own brand, that I see coordinators in certain places really doing things you know, differently or as they want to do it. And a lot of times um, when you look at just, you know, you can go back through and look at stats that maybe, as you said, it's not complimentary. Have you been in those situations before where you felt like, you know, we're, we're not on the same page or that, uh, you know, a, a, 
coordinator is a little bit more worried about his stats and, and his record than what's the best for the team? No, I haven't. I've been very blessed, you know, and it starts at the top. Yeah. If you want to rent your team out to a high price coordinators, that's your fault. Don't say it's your team if you're going to rent it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you, you're going to pay somebody a lot of money, you bring them in and give them free reign, and you don't want to play complimentary football, to me, that's a head coach's problem. But I've been blessed with head coaches that understand that, and that's why I'm, we've won a lot of games most places I've been. But, you know, I, you do see that, you know, with the tremendous amount of money and stuff. But like I said, if the head coach wants to rent out part of his team to somebody, well, that's, that's up to the head coach. Coach, uh, leading one of the top defenses in the country over the last two seasons, a national championship, a national runner-up, what would you say are, are some, as you look at it, some key things scheme-wise, their particular scheme or concept in your defense that you guys really hung your hat on over that period? We are a matched coverage type team a lot of times. and We're a four-man front most of the time. We can go to a 3-4 type look. And we can play man free. We've got some corners that can play. We've got some people that make coverages. And on top of that, we can make adjustments. Coach has done a great job. The players have bought into it that we can make adjustments in games. You know, sometimes when you practice something all week and you, you have a plan and all of a sudden, lo and behold, they changed it. I think teams that can make changes on the run, smart football teams. We talk about it all the time. We want to be a smart football team. And uh, we teach a lot of football here. Mm-hmm. We teach a lot of what offenses want to do. I want a team that, that's smart, understands what the offenses are trying to do. But we can make adjustments. We've been blessed with some guys and good coaches that we can make adjustments in the game and change things up. But I like the match coverage. We just don't play pure zone. Uh, we've been fortunate enough to have a front four that – that. Uh, the other thing, now, we've been very fortunate with interceptions, but if you mm-hmm. ever talk to any of our players, they all know that that interception was caused by the front, usually. Right. And vice versa. You know, we, we make a big deal about anything that good happens, it wasn't just you. And I think anytime you talk to any of our, our team players, you come away with, hey, they buy it and they got it, and they understand that this is not an individual game offensively and defensively and special teams. Mm -hmm. And we make a big deal about that. It is a true team game. Uh, The reason you got that interception was this pressure. The reason you got that sack is we we cover them really well. So, you know, we make sure our players understand this is a team game. You know, that carries on, and and I think the players appreciate that, and and then they want to play for each other and help each other out. Once the team's like that, and a defensive team's like that, you can be pretty good. Coach, when you look at game planning, and you've done a lot of it now, obviously, you know, putting together a game plan. I, when I talk to offensive coordinators, they're trying to find that sweet spot of, of making sure they have enough tools to attack a defense, yet at the same time, not putting too much of a learning burden on their players, not caring too much. What's your formula for, for putting together a defensive game plan in, in those regards? Well, there are a couple of issues, you know, you're always having that balancing act, you know, how much you do, you know, how well you want to execute something or just throw it out there. But we, a lot of times what we do is we look at offenses and say, what, what are they trying to do? What is the picture of this offense? What kind of schemes do they do? 
The other part about offenses today, I think there's so much trying to outnumber you at point of attack. We work really hard on not getting outnumbered at the point of attack. You know, offenses do a lot of motions and shifts today just to get you outnumbered. So defensively, you got to match the numbers. But, uh, you know, we look at game plans. We try to – we don't change everything. You know, we are what we are. But we try to adjust our defense to what they're trying to do, ask ourselves, well, what are they doing? And then, you know, have a plan for it and be able to adjust in that plan with our base stuff. You know, just the way we might fit bunch routes or stuff like that. It's really that simple. You know, do you do you want to check out of a – covering bunch routes or do you want to play man against bunch routes you know there are certain things that we have to ask each week what do we want to do this week do we want to do this or do this and match it to that team you know this is a tough league there are really good football coaches in this league really good football players when i first got into CAA, it was it reminded me of the nfl there were no easy games i think it's a credit to to the schools that we play they're good football programs and it's a challenge each week. But, you know, we try and match what we do against what we see that offense does, take a good picture of what that offense does, then have some answers. Mm-hmm. And then built into our scheme or some things, you know, we want to do this this week or do it like we did two weeks ago. But I think we, we work really hard on matching numbers and taking away what they like to do. Every offense has certain plays that, you know, that – you have to deal with some teams are more boot teams. Some teams are more RPOs. You know, you play North Dakota state, you'd be shocked how they can get three big bodies in one gap and you better put three bodies in there too, or you can't play, you can't stop them. So that's really the challenge. And that's what really what we try to do when we game plan is fit our defense and what we do to stop what they do. Coach, when you take a look back at these these last two years, and really over the course of your career, you've had had a lot of success. You know, what is if I say, Coach, you got to pick one thing that you think gives your teams, your guys, the winning edge. What is that one thing? Mm, that's a tough one. I think the teams that we that we all played like a team and as a group were the most successful. If you can create that atmosphere you can overcome a lot of the other things that you that you face. It's simple, but I think it's true, Coach. I think I think that's what we see. The one thing that, that uh, shines true through all the championships at every level is, is that teamwork thing. And obviously football is a sport that brings out some of the best in that. And, you know, I think, you know, with the highlight being on football right now, you know, people attacking it in different ways, saying we shouldn't play it till we're in high school. There's so much that goes along well, with let, the sport me, that uh, that it would be sad to see that happen. Let me address that a little bit. Yeah. Let me address that. I think we got to be smart as coaches. You know, we have to make sure we teach teach it right. You know, I've been doing this for 40 years. I remember we used to take salt tablets. I remember getting a concussion, played the next week. But I also remember we had team doctors too. So don't blame all the coaches. The medical profession can take their part of it too because they were right there beside us. And, uh, you know, it's not all football. I've got friends that get concussions when they don't play sports. i got friends that play other sports. You know, it's, it's, we're not the only sport or that causes concussions, but I think we've gotten a lot smarter, and that's happened over the years. You know, 
we've learned what hydration does. Sometimes it's it's a tragic thing that causes us to do it, but I think this is a great sport. I think it teaches a lot of things that young people don't get today in society. You know, it's a great thing when you can put something more than yourself and, and, and have that team atmosphere. You know, most kids today, the only team they belong to is their family, and most families are there are a lot of families that are pretty dysfunctional. Mm-hmm. So you look around and, well, they join the gang because that's a team. So I think it's a great sport. It's helped a lot of people's lives. It's I think it's saved people's lives. It's uh, Did we make mistakes along the way? Yes. But every everything I've ever seen in life, people have made mistakes. But, you know, I think the sport's thriving. I think it, the discussion to make it safe is good. But I think we got to be smart about it, too. But I think these kids benefit from it. It's a great thing to be a part of. Coach, I really appreciate you spending time with us here on the podcast and sharing some ideas. Congrats on the success you guys have been having at James Madison, and, and best wishes and best of luck to you guys in 2018. Well, I appreciate it very much. Thank you. Here are our winning edge takeaways and ideas for implementation. One, make everything you do, whether you're a head coach, coordinator, or position coach, a we thing, like Coach Trock talked about. The language of we and us is so important in building the chemistry and trust that will take your team through the ups and downs of the season. There is no I in team may be cliche, but the use of I and me will tear a team apart, especially if it comes from the coach. Establish that and correct it early in camp to build your team. Two, look for the simple things that matter and get your players in the right position to make plays. Coach talked about what he learned from Bill Parcells, that stopping the run is about a wall and an edge. Coach talked about how that simple concept is reinforced over and over, and the players have a strong understanding of it, as well as what they need to do within their assignments to have that principle hold true. Be sure your players have the understanding of the universal truths of the game before getting into the specifics of scheme. In that way, you will have established a strong foundation, especially in terms of their football IQ. Three, Coach Trot was able to climb to the highest levels of the coaching profession and have success at every level. His advice is simple but important. Do a good job where you are and you will get noticed. If you're always focused on figuring out where you will go next, you'll not be setting yourself up for success like you will if you're constantly developing yourself to do the best job at where you are. Be sure to go to coachingcoordinator.com for our enhanced show notes with related episodes, resources, and our winning edge takeaways detailed in text. Also sign up for our weekly tip sheet which highlights our best episodes and ideas from the previous week, as well as featured resources. Follow me on Twitter at Coach K Grabowski.